A few months ago, I, about six months ago, I began to notice a problem when I would read or work on the computer. It was like I had to bring the screen really close to be able to see it. And so I decided to call the eye doctor and make a, make a trip to Columbia. When I got there, the eye doctor did his exam, all the things they do with the eye doctor. And he said those three words that no one ever wants to hear. You're getting older. And then he followed it up with, it won't get better. So I'm looking for a new eye doctor is what I'm trying to tell you. If you, if you know of one, I'd be happy to take recommendations. The doctor there prescribed glasses for me. He said, you can do one of two things. He said, you can order what's called readers. How many of you guys wear readers? He said, you can order readers. That's what these glasses are. And they help you see what's directly in front of you, but you can't see what's out there. So I could put these on and I could see my sermon really well, but I couldn't see anyone in the front row. You'd be all blurry. That was one option. Order readers and wear those. Or he said, you can order what's called progressive lenses. They are on the top part. They are one strength. On the bottom part, they're another prescription strength. And so that allows me to see both way out there and right here. So by the way, if you ever see me doing this, this thing... It's not because I slept on the pillow wrong. It's because I'm trying to get used to my glasses. He said, you can do one of two options. You can order, order these glasses that allow you to see right in front of you or order these that allow you to see, to see both. So I did what we would all do. I ordered both pairs of glasses. <laughs> and it turns out that I wear these, the ones that allow me to see what's out there. And right here, I wear these 99.99% of the time. And if I'm not wearing these and I am wearing my reader glasses, it's because I've lost these and I don't know where they are. <laughs> and I want to propose to you this morning that for the believer in Christ, we have, we have some lenses, if you will, some glasses that we can look through that help us to interpret life's events and they help us react to life's events. One set of glasses allow us to see what's way out there and what's right here. The other set of glasses allow us to only see what's happening right in front of us, to only interpret the events of life as they happen without any reference to what's down the road and what awaits us. I think Peter was guilty of wearing his reader glasses, if you will, those kind of glasses that only allow you to see what's right in front of you. I think he was guilty of wearing those glasses when at the crucifixion trial, Jesus was on trial. And do you remember what Peter did? He denied Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times. Why would he do that? I think a large portion of that had to be because he was fearful. He was afraid. And why was he afraid? Well, because he only saw what was right in front of him. He couldn't see how God had orchestrated the events of the crucifixion. He couldn't see what awaited him after the crucifixion. He could only see the events right in front of him. And that caused him to be fearful, that caused him to be faithless, and that caused him to fail. He only saw what was happening right in the moment. But if he was wearing his right glasses, if he had put on those glasses that allow him to see not only what was in front of him, but what lied ahead of him, well, that would have changed everything about how he responded on that day. The Apostle Paul, I believe, had that kind of perspective. He wrote about that kind of ability to see what was coming down the road and what was happening right in front of us. He writes about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and I want to read to you verses 1 through 10 and just follow along closely. 
Paul writes and he says this, For we know that if our earthly tent, that would be our body, if our, if our earthly tent we live in is destroyed, if our bodies are destroyed, he says, we have a building from God, an eternal dwelling in the heavens, not made with hands. Verse 2, he says, Indeed, we groan in this tent. We desire to put on our heavenly dwelling. Since we are clothed, since when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. Indeed, he says, verse 4, we groan while we are in this tent, burdened as we are, because we do not want to be unclothed, but clothed, so that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now, the one who prepared us for this very purpose, he writes, is God, who gave us the Spirit as a down payment. And listen to this, verse 6. So we are confident, he says, and we know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Verse 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. Verse 8, in fact, we are confident, he writes, that we would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Therefore, whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. Whether we're here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please God, he writes. In verse 10, he says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each may be repaid for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Do you see how Paul was able to filter life's events, the things that caused him to groan in this body? He was able to filter that through the lens of eternity. And how was he able to do that? Because he was wearing the right glasses. He saw the temporary pains in this life, and he was able to filter that through eternity in heaven. That's how he can say we walk by faith and not by sight. He had an eternal perspective. And what I want you to see this morning is the impact of having the right perspective, the impact of wearing the right glasses, the impact of having an eternal perspective. And now that helps you to be faithful to the Lord, especially in times of trouble. And I promise you, if you are faithful to the Lord in times of trouble, you will have exceeding and abundant joy. Today, I want you to see three ways that an eternal perspective, that perspective that Paul had, helps us, helps you to be faithful to the Lord. Are you ready to dive in? Point number one, here we go. An eternal perspective helps us boldly share Christ when danger comes. Look in your Bibles, Acts chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. The Bible says, In Iconium, they entered the Jewish synagogue as usual and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. So far, so good. Paul is preaching the gospel. He is preaching the word in Iconium, in the synagogue, and both Jews and Greeks believed, but here comes trouble. Here comes danger. Verse 2, But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles, and my Bible says they poisoned their minds against the brothers. The unbelieving Jews came, came into the room and began to poison the minds of the people in the room against Paul and Barnabas. You see that? You see how the, the bad, the, the danger is, is coming? Paul walks into the synagogue, shares with them who Christ is, that Christ is the promised Messiah from the Old Testament, and a great number of people came to faith in Jesus. But then the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles, stirred them up and poisoned their mind. You don't, you don't think very clearly when your mind is 
stirred up. You can't think clearly because you're angry and you're frustrated and you're confused. You're all shook up. And the Bible says their minds were poisoned against them. And at that point, if you're wearing the wrong glasses, if you only see the events right in front of you without an eternal perspective, what would you do? People are are coming against you. They want you to stop. They want you to leave town. Well, look at what they did. Verse 3. Verse 3. So they stayed there a long time and spoke boldly for the Lord. You can only do that if you're wearing the right glasses. You can only stay in the midst of danger, in the midst of this kind of opposition, if you are wearing the right glasses, if you have an eternal perspective. Listen to what happens. Verse 3, So they stayed there for a long time and spoke boldly for the Lord who testified to this message of His grace by enabling them to do signs and wonders. Verse 4, But the people of the city were divided. Do you see that? Some siding with the Jews and others with the apostles. And when an attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers to mistreat and stone them, (laughs) they found out about it and fled to the Lyconian towns of Lystra and Derbe and to the surrounding countryside. Now we have to pause for just a minute and we have to clarify that being bold for the gospel does does not mean being foolish for the gospel. Paul and Barnabas are there sharing the gospel and a murder plot is hatched. That's what happens in verse 5. Look in your Bibles again, verse 5. There was an attempt made by both the Gentiles and the Jews to mistreat and stone them. They wanted to pull them out of the synagogue, pick up heavy rocks, and throw it at Paul and Barnabas until they'd be left for dead. And they find out about that. And so what do they do? Well, they're not stupid. I mean, you're going to kill me. I'm going to leave town. And so they did. They left town. But it's what they kept doing that is remarkable. Look in your Bible, verse 7. What they kept doing, well, you tell me. There they continued to what? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. They continued to do the very thing that almost got them killed to begin with. Preaching the gospel. It was the gospel that brought about the persecution. It was the gospel preaching the gospel that brought about that murder plot to mistreat and stone them. And so they say, well, that's fine. We'll we'll leave Iconium and we'll just go over there and keep preaching the gospel. That is bold right there. That That is a proper eternal perspective. You can only do that. You can only keep preaching the gospel. You can only keep sharing Christ if you have an eternal perspective and are able to filter the events of your life through that eternal filter. An eternal perspective helps us boldly share Christ when danger comes. Secondly, an eternal perspective helps us to faithfully give glory to God when He works in our life. Paul and Barnabas have left Iconium and they're now in a place called Lystra. By the way, it's important that you remember that they left Iconium. And it's important that you remember that in Iconium, people wanted to kill him. Remember that. That will become important in just a few minutes. They left Iconium. They're now in Lystra. And here, a very different thing happens, but it's equally as dangerous. The Lord uses Paul and Barnabas to do a miraculous thing. He uses them in incredible ways. And instead of giving glory to God, the people... Instead, gave glory to Paul and Barnabas. Instead of recognizing that Jesus is the name above all names, the people of Lystra instead, well, they they just decided to rename Paul and Barnabas. 
after a Greek god. Instead of giving glory to the Lord, they wanted to give glory and offer sacrifice to Paul and Barnabas. Watch how this story develops and look at how Paul and Barnabas react. The Bible says, verse 8, in Lystra, a man who was sitting, a man was sitting who was without strength in his feet and had never walked, had been lame from birth. Verse 9, he listened as Paul spoke. And after looking directly at him, seeing that he had the faith to be healed, Paul said in a loud voice, Stand up on your feet. And he jumped up and he began to walk around. Miracle has happened. Paul took a man who couldn't walk and said, Get up. And the whole town heard him because he spoke in a loud voice. And that man stood up and started walking around. Do you see that? Keep reading. Look at their reaction. Verse 11. When the crowd saw what Paul has done... They shouted in the Lycaonian language, The gods have come down to us in human form. Now at this point, most commentators think that Paul and Barnabas weren't quite sure what was happening. That's why Luke tells us that they were saying this in a Lycaonian language. They saw the miracle. They hear the, the commotion. They hear all of the hubbub. They just don't quite know what's happening. But what's happening is the people in the crowd are wanting to give glory to Paul and Barnabas. They want to make them gods. Verse 12, Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside of town, he brought bulls and wreaths to the gate because he intended with the crowd to offer sacrifice. Uh-oh, danger. Different kind of danger. In Iconium, they were threatened to be murdered because they were preaching Jesus. But here in Lystra, they're threatened to receive worship that wasn't theirs. Equally as dangerous. And you say, why is it equally as, as dangerous? Well, because taking credit for what God has done is a dangerous thing to do. We dare not take credit for what the Lord has done in our life. And as we read earlier from 1 Corinthians 10, we will all one day stand before the Lord and He will judge us for our good and evil. So what would Paul and Barnabas do? Would they receive the worship? I mean, think about the emotional swing of this. They left Iconium because of a murder plot and now they're in Lystra and they're being worshipped as gods. What would they do? How would they react? Well, let's find out. Verse 14 and 15. The Bible says that the apostles Barnabas and Paul tore their robes, which is a sign of deep anguish. They tore their robes, and when they heard this, they rushed into the crowd, and they're shouting, verse 15, People, why are you doing these things? We are people also just like you. We are proclaiming good news to you that you turn from these worthless things to the living God who made heaven, and the earth, the sea, and everything in them. Paul and Barnabas tear their robes and run out and say, the things that you're doing, the gods that you're worshiping, Zeus and Hermes, they are, what did he say? Worthless. No value. They're worthless things. This is, this is worthless, he says. They're not real. But there is one who is real. 
And he is the living God. And Paul says, we're here to proclaim him to you. Why? Because eternity is in the balance. Eternity is in view. And listen to how he continues in this mini sermon. Look at verse 16. He says, in past generations, he allowed all the nations to go their own way. Although he did not leave himself without a witness, since he did what is good by giving you rain from heaven and fruitful seasons and filling you with food and your hearts with joy. And even though they said these things, verse 18, they barely stopped the crowds from sacrificing to him. Paul and Barnabas, they were wearing the right glasses. And those glasses allowed them to boldly share Christ when trouble comes, but also to faithfully give glory to God when God worked in their life. They were wearing the right glasses. They knew the glory wasn't theirs. They knew it belonged to the Lord. Thirdly, an eternal perspective helps us persistently serve the Lord past the threat of death. Now let me, it's quiz time. Are you ready for your quiz? Where were they when people wanted to stone them? Iconium. They were in Iconium. There was a murder plot that was hatched. So Paul and Barnabas wisely left Iconium and found themselves in Lystra. The problem was those who plotted the murder in Iconium had followed them to Lystra. And that plot, that, that plan to murder them, to stone them, to beat them, it became so much more than just a plan. It became a reality. Look in your Bible, verse 19. It's almost like a footnote. This is the second time Luke has done that when he, he writes something incredibly emotional and incredibly serious, and he just kind of states it very simply. Verse 19. Some Jews came from Antioch, and where? Iconium. And when they won over the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, thinking he was dead. They came into Lystra, and they poisoned the minds of the brothers. Again, they poisoned the mind of the, of the Jews and the Gentiles against Paul and Barnabas. And they lined Barnabas up, and they li- or they lined Paul up, rather. And they picked up rocks, and they began to throw them as hard as they could possibly throw them at Paul. Can you imagine the scene? Can you imagine how, how challenging that was to watch how challenging that had to be for Paul. There's a lot of emotion in that verse. Paul is apparently unconscious. They think he's dead. So they, they grab Paul's body and drag him out of the city. He's now out of the city gates. And the disciples follow them out of town and they circle up around him. Can you see the emotion of this? There's Paul, our, our beloved leader, the one who spoke, the one who shared the gospel. And he's laying on the ground outside of the, of the city, bruised and battered and bleeding. And the disciples circle up around him. Look in your Bibles. Verse 20. After the disciples gathered around him, <laughs> you see it? He got up. He just got up. The disciples gathered around him. And Paul opens his eyes and gets up. And then what does he do? Goes right back into town. <laughs> Goes right back into the town where they stoned him. Where they left him for dead. And look at what... Now, if this were me, and I think if this were you, I mean, if you get hit with rocks, anybody been mowing or weed eating and you get hit with a little pebble? That hurts, doesn't it? 
Imagine if someone is throwing massive stones at you. What bones would be broken? How bruised would you be? How much would it hurt to walk? How bloodied would you be? I think I'd take a few days off. I think I'd call in sick to work the next day. But look at what Paul does. After the disciples gathered around him, he got up and went into town. The next day, (laughs) he left with Barnabas for Derby. The next day, you know what he did? He walked. He walked. Why? How? How could he possibly do that? Because he was wearing glasses, the right kind of glasses. And those glasses allowed him to see not only what waited ahead in eternity, but also, if you remember back from Acts 13, those glasses allowed him to see that it was God who was going before them, that it was God who was working on their behalf, leading on their behalf. They were sent out by the Holy Spirit, and God was in front of them. And so Paul, not wanting to waste any time, because the days are evil, Paul gets up after he's beaten and left for dead, goes back into town, takes a nap, and gets up the next day and begins walking to Derby. And look at what he does. Verse 21. After they had preached the gospel again. How do you keep doing that? How does he keep doing this? How does he keep preaching the same gospel that gets him nearly killed? Because he had an eternal perspective. The very next day, after he was beaten within an inch of his life. He gets up, goes back, he gets up and and leaves and heads into a a town called Derby and preaches the gospel in that town and made many disciples. Verse 21 ends by saying, they returned to Lystra, to Iconium, and to Antioch. And I bet if we could go back and interview Paul on that day, I bet it was so painful, so hard, so challenging to get up literally physically to get up and walk. He'd just been beaten with stones. I bet each step was so painful. Each bruise, a reminder of how difficult life is. Each cut that he had was a reminder that we are at war. But his eternal perspective allowed him to see that not only are we at war, but the war's already been won. That because of Christ, the war is over. No doubt, he saw what was right in front of him. He saw the the hurt that was right in front of him. He saw the pain. He felt the pain. No doubt about that. But he knew that it was the Lord who was leading him. And it was the Lord who was waiting for him in eternity. And that perspective, that perspective allowed him to face the pain and heartache in his life and keep walking one step at a time. That perspective meant that there was nothing that was going to stop him from doing what the Lord had called him to do. He was going to preach the gospel whether he was in Lystra or Derby or Iconium. He was going to preach the gospel. And can you imagine when he walks into Derby and he goes to the synagogue, we presume he does because what he always did. He goes into the synagogue and he starts telling them about Jesus. Can you imagine what that was like? They see a man bloodied and bruised, cut up, and they say, what happened to you, Paul? Why are you so bruised and battered? Why, what happened? What do you think he said? We don't know, but I think it was something like, like this. I think he said something like, 
I am bruised and I am battered. I was beaten and left for dead. And it was all for the sake of Jesus. And then those in Derby said, who is Jesus? And then Paul begins to show them who Jesus is from the Old Testament scripture, that he is the promised Messiah, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that he is the Son of God. And he began to show them that through Christ, in Christ, we can, only in Christ can we found, find salvation for our sins. He began to tell them that if they would repent of their sin and trust in the finished work of Jesus, they would spend forever with him in eternity. In other words, he begins to tell them to put the right glasses on. He offers them a, a prescription. He says, you're getting older. <laughs> And you need to put some glasses on. The question is, have you put the right glasses on? Are you wearing the right glasses? When you, when you walk through life, how are you viewing the events that happen right in front of you? As a reason to give up and walk away? Or as a reason to press on, to keep walking, even though you're bruised and battered and bloodied? And by the way, don't, don't skip over the end of verse 21. Look again. The end of verse 21. In verse 20, Paul and Barnabas left Lystra and went to Derbe and preached the gospel. But look at the end of verse 21. Where did they go? Right back. Not just back to Lystra, but to Iconium and to Antioch. They went right back to the place where Paul was beaten and left for dead. And right back to Iconium and Antioch where the people who beat him lived. He went right back into the the lion's den, if you will. That's a bold, bold faith. That's a persistent faith. There is no doubt about it. They were wearing the right glasses. They knew that the, the Lord was leading their journey. And they knew that up ahead, after this life is over, after our earthly tent gives way, that heaven awaits. We read about that earlier. Heaven awaits. Here's, here's, here's the thing. There are no doubt, no doubt in my mind, no matter where you are in life, you will be tempted to wonder, does God hear my prayers? You will go through seasons in life where bad, really awful, horrible things will happen to you and you'll be tempted to say, does God hear my prayers? Is God really there? Does God really care? Is this really worth it? You're going to have days where you suffer, where your family suffers, where your loved ones suffer, where your friends suffer. And you're going to have days where you feel like you can't put one foot in front of the other. And when those days come, what I pray you do is put the right glasses on. I pray that you're able to interpret the events of your day, the events that are causing you pain and heartache and trauma, that you're able to, you're able to interpret those through the lens that allows you to see not only is God with you, but God awaits you in all of eternity. And keep on walking. God's with you. He hasn't left you. He promised in Matthew 28, I will never leave or forsake you. So though evil things happen, though people will line up against you, do what Paul did. Keep on walking. Paul endured a physical beating on that day. Left for dead. They thought he was dead. But he kept walking 
And he kept doing the thing that God had called him to do. He kept preaching the gospel. And so you do the same. When the, when the evil one attacks and it feels like your family's under attack, you keep praising God. Keep worshiping God. Keep following God. Not only does he see you, he is with you. When bad days come, when evil comes, when hardness comes, make sure you are wearing the right glasses. Look at your events. Look at the events that are happening to you. But find Jesus and keep following him. Keep going after him. Keep walking and keep giving God the glory for every single step along the way. For to him be the glory alone. And all God's people said...